Welcome to the Adventure Game Club podcast. Uh, this month we're talking about the game Citizen Sleeper by Jump Over the Age. Uh, this was our game for June. It was released just right before that in May. I'm your host, Michael, and with me today we have Matt. Hey. And M. Hello. So I guess, how would you describe this game? Because it's not an adventure game, but... I feel like it's enough interactive fictiony enough that it still fits under that banner. But I was trying to think of how you would describe this, and it's kind of it's very different. I have some idea. Um, I would call it like a dice placement game with narrative elements. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the dice, I think, is is the big thing for sure. It it, it um, the thing that I thought about after finishing it was uh, like Twine game esque a lot. I I think it's because uh, one of the things I usually associate with Twine games is like kind of highlighted text and kind of slick mm-hmm. uh, little because it, it seems like most of them have like kind of gimmicks that are associated. The ones that I that I know, it seems like they have gimmicks associated with them. So uh, interactive fictiony for sure. Right. And so I guess the premise of the game is that you're essentially an android or you're called a sleeper, but um, it's basically a humanoid like being and you're you find yourself on a space station and the plot from a very high level is that you're trying to figure out how you got there and how to survive right so the mechanically it's there's survival elements to it as well right Mm -hmm. so you're trying to so that's where i guess that's where the role-playing elements come in where you're every at the beginning of every day you have dice and that's where the dice placement comes in you assign the dice to any task you want to do yeah so the mechanic sort of like complement the narrative element that like you're a dying android essentially right and um every every single day that passes in the game you lose i don't remember how it's called it's like stability meter mm-hmm. it's like something like yeah something like that and uh with each day passing you lose some of your stability and with that you lose your dice and with that, you lose like your options in the game, like which quest lines you can follow um, and how you can influence the world. So the sort of like the narrative and the mechanics sort of work together here to sort of create a very um, in the beginning of the game, you're like very worried about that, especially of just like not not losing any new resources, not losing dice, etc. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really scrappy in the beginning of the, of the game in a way that I think is pretty cool. Um, because there's the it's that stability meter, and then there's another one that tracks your 
I, I guess it's just like hunger is what they call it or something. Yep. So it's it's kind of you have to have food to eat and then you have to have medication so that you can keep your uh, your robot body from from falling apart. And it's really easy to get into a spiral where like if you have a couple bad rolls and you can't get food or you can't buy um, the medication, then it's like just each day you wake up, you have less and less and less. And you're just like, this is going to be it. I like it, you have even it, it makes it even harder to get out of that that kind of pit that you're falling into, um, which also I think fits with like the broader themes of the game, which is kind of just like a whole late stage capitalism, um, really material conditions type, uh, dealio, uh, that I, I mean, it, it worked. I, I, I was pretty stressed out in the opening hours of this game. Um, it did. I don't, I don't know if this is the case for everyone, but for me, it did seem like, uh, maybe an hour, hour and a half in it, it seemed like it stabilized and I wasn't really hurting for resources anymore at that point. Yeah, it feels very overwhelming at first, mm-hmm. partially because there's a lot of mechanics being thrown at you. And I think that's why I'm, I struggle a little describing the gameplay. Yeah. But also, yeah, once you start the game, pretty much immediately you're being introduced to all these different, like the stability and the hunger and uh, also worrying about money. Uh, so that all these things you're being hit with at once. And so it's a little stress, it's or more than a little stressful. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of figured that out, the systems, I think it kind of eases up on you and you can focus more on the storylines and quests that you encounter. I, I don't know if quest is the best word, but that's what i i guess the storylines and but you're giving these tasks that to progress the different storylines you have to do different things like hack into systems to gather data for different groups or work at a spot for a certain period of time and then i think the learning curve helps if you're a little bit familiar with indie tabletop rpgs this feels like a game that's very influenced by What's especially something like, I guess, Blades in the Dark? Blades in the Dark definitely feels like the touchstone for me. Um, also, the it, it feels very similar to the only Friends at the Table system or series that I've listened to, which was Counterweight. Um, mm. I think you used a it used the Sprawl, and then it started with a different system called I think Mech Noir. But most of most of that game was mm-hmm. the Sprawl, which is a, a Force of the Dark. You know, uh, roll your pool. Um, Wait no! Oh no, the sprawls no, PBTA, the sprawls. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess that's um, that's what I was thinking of earlier when we were trying to describe the genre. I I uh, I I was seeing a lot of people talk about it, saying, "Oh, you know, it's the it's the next big." indie computer rpg um and then after playing it i might the thought that i definitely had was oh well that that felt almost more like a point and click adventure game um which is the same thought that i had playing disco elysium uh where like those those rpg elements are there and they're very visible and they're very foregrounded right i mean both those games have they're showing you the dice right um but the dice don't really feel as important as like the conversation trees that i'm going down or like the puzzles that i'm trying to solve or in in the case of this game it's the the quests i i think the game calls them drives but yeah quests is is definitely mm. how i how i describe them have uh, any of you played the dicey dungeons yes yes no. i remember matt might have played this but basically it's um 
it's also like tricky to describe, but it's um I wouldn't say it's a puzzle game, but the core idea is that you have to uh you roll dice also in the beginning of your turns and uh you place them in an arrangement to beat enemies in a dungeon. That's why it's like a dicey dungeon. And um yeah, the key is like just completing dungeons, but like the dice placement kind of reminded me of that game because it's also about optimizing your roles and like even if you roll badly you can still like gain something from it if like you know what you what to do mm-hmm. and um that's what i like about citizen sleeper as well is that like even if you roll like low rolls like if you get ones and twos like you can still do something with them it's not like a failed day um they're like yeah, there are special actions you can take, which still like give you money or resources for uh, that. So it's like it's neat. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, it it feels huge. I think is the and is is kind of like how it's able to pull it off. Is it has so many different places you can kind of drop your dice into, right? And like all of them have different requirements. Yeah. So there's like the hacking layer where yep. that one kind of typically uses lower rolls. There's um, things where it's you're trying to fill up a clock by doing something over and over again, so you can kind of dump mid rolls into that. And then there's kind of like the the big story events that seem to take um, some of those higher rolls, you, you know, to ensure that you have a full success or at least you know you're avoiding failure. But it, um, I, I think it's it. Uh, we already said it felt overwhelming at the beginning because of the scrappy nature of it. I, I also kind of felt overwhelmed by how much there was. Um, I uh, but I uh, I only ended up kind of focusing on one or two quests. Did did either of you do kind of everything? Did you mine this game dry? I did. I did. I think I did. <laughs> okay. Yes, I did too. I so I did. Yeah. So I only did the one playthrough, mm-hmm. and I know um, that you did at least. I did two. two. Yeah. Okay. I did just two. Uh, the the first one was uh, like a very. Uh, it was just me doing one quest line, which. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, okay, I'm I'm gonna do this as like full uh, role playing. <laughs> I'm gonna imagine I'm just this character and just gonna do like this one quest and just leave the station as fast as possible. So I did that quest, and that was it. That took me four hours, and then I did another playthrough of four hours. But in the second playthrough, I like knew all the mechanics already. So in the beginning of the game, I was much more confident than I was in my first playthrough. And uh, I just like, I basically just destroyed the economy of the game. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was like Jeff Bezos of the station, basically had all the money. (laughs) It was horrible, but uh, I just like did all the quest lines. uh, And uh, yeah, those were my two playthroughs. Yeah, so with my playthrough, it was very long, but it's because... Once I felt like I got into that place where I could keep playing, like it wasn't stressful, which I'm glad that it eases up after a while because I think it would have been really tiring if you're just like, if you're throughout this, like maybe through a four hour playthrough, you're still struggling after four or five hours. It's just, I think it would just feel exhausting instead of novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, once I got 
once I got into that loop, I just kind of wanted to explore everything. Because once you get, there's a certain point where you're kind of timed. But once you get over that part, um, there's a story or drive, I guess, that you're, you have to complete in a certain period of time. But once you get past that, you can, you're kind of given the space to just explore and discover storylines. Um, and that's where I, I kind of wanted to just explore. I didn't feel the need to end the game because you're given a couple spots where you can end the game in different ways, which is really interesting. But I just took my time and went through all the storylines I could find. I think there's one that I didn't complete, and I would I might have to ask about that in the spoiler section. But um, pretty much everything else I just went through, and it kind of do- it really does turn into more of an interactive fiction game once you get over or like that initial hurdle mm-hmm. and get into a spot where it feels safer. Um, you're just kind of going through all these different storylines and doing different dialogue options. And like you said, it does feel kind of twine ish. I'm like a bit conflicted about the late game. Um, maybe I'll talk about it more in the spoiler section as well, but like it really does get very, very easy to just like get all the resources you need and just do quest lines and like dice rolling, like there was a moment where I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, I already know what I have to do, like to get the resources I need to survive the day. And it just like feels a little bit like a chore to just like, okay, I'm going to plug in, like I need to scroll through the station and then plug in my dice and then like do whatever. Um, But it was like really, like it didn't, like bother me too much, but there was like a moment where I'm I'm just like conflicted about it. It's like, yes, it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't. It's like I don't know how to explain this feeling, but yeah, it's yeah, like no, it, yes, it. I'm powerful, but I'm not sure I'm supposed to be this powerful that it becomes like a chore, right? I I think I'm with right. you. The 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 early part of the game felt the strongest, and I I think yeah, almost it seems like the game knows at the end that you're just gonna be. Uh, cause you can get, you, you can find multiple areas where you can kind of sleep. Right. And it seems like yep. they're kind of spaced out by like the biggest clocks that you're going to run into. So, I mean, what I was doing at the end of the game was I was, I was dumping all my dice for the day into a clock, going to sleep and then dumping all my dice into the, into the clock just over and over and over again. Um, and not, and like you said, not in a way that really felt bad because I do think that core mechanic of like slotting the dice in, it just feels really good. Um, yep. I know that's just such a, such a nebulous thing, but <laughs> it feels good to grab the dice, to click on the dice and kind of drop it into the little, like the little click that it almost feels like as it, as it slots into place. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a good mechanic and it's got some of that numbers go up like mobile yeah, games, when you get the bonuses mm-hmm. like stacked up, it's mm-hmm. yeah. It, like they really nailed the like core mechanic of just like putting their dice in the spot. Like, yeah, I think it, it would be very easy to just like make it like not feel good. And, um, that would sour the experience, but no. Yeah. Well, especially in the beginning where you're not you haven't really gamed this system yet mm-hmm. and you're kind of rolling the dice on like you're do, doing like the three and four level dice and you it's it feels very satisfying when it's it's uh, when it's a success mm-hmm. sure 
This is a small thing, but I also like that it doesn't use the traditional like pip layout for the dice, right? That makes it feel like kind of cool and confusing a little bit, right? Because I, that to me, that was another like early part of the game was like, okay, I'm not 100% sure how the mechanics work, like kind of figuring it out. Uh, and like you said, with um, with kind of the second time you played it, it was, it was more familiar so you could jump right into it. But um, I think uh, I, 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 that's, like I said, such a small thing, but I like the little like alternate pips for the dice and then uh that might be a good springboard to talk about just like how gorgeous i think this game is um because maybe that's something we haven't talked about yet um you know calling it interactive fiction and like kind of being like a twine game one thing i don't associate with those is just like absolutely gorgeous art yeah it's beautiful i mean so so the game is mostly you have like this background of like a 3d station that you're navigating you from like an overhead view you scroll up and down the station but then whenever you interact with people you get these beautiful illustrations um it, I, it kind of reminds me uh not that i i haven't even played it but it reminds it reminds me a little like lancer art from the little i've yeah. seen of that yeah um the lancer being a tabletop rpg uh aren't familiar with it but it's just like really detailed character art it's like comic bookish yeah i guess there's a there's another game uh a, a video game that i haven't played that this art kind of reminds me of it was uh bravery network online it's it's almost kind of it feels like a brian leo malley like somewhere between western comics and and manga type deal um which is just so reductive but i'm, I'm not an artist so i have to kind of <laughs> that's that's the way i could kind of describe it but it's I, I really like it. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, and you can, it kind of switches to a different style once you get, there's a hacking interface you get into mm-hmm. where it's, it's really interesting looking. Um, I want to say um, I really like the materials in this game. <laughs> it's, a, it's the weirdest thing, but it's like, it, it's like the aesthetic of the uh, station. It's like, you have this metal, but also like lots of uh, plastic, like lots of characters have like plastic coats or like stuff like that. And um, everything is uh, like a bit grungy also in the illustrations. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, like it's just, you know, like you can feel the texture almost. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the- like everything on that station and like the characters living on it, it feels like everything's kind of, barely being held together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it always feels like it's raining i think is the other thing like you can just imagine like yeah there's just a light mist all the time on a space station yeah somehow (laughs) it's so good (laughs) it's always raining on this indoor space station Mm. well there's like also these different areas that kind of have a different feel to them like there's the i don't know what you the the greenway the, the greenway, green yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that what? Um, the greenway so was the that. like hydroponics area with mm-hmm. leaves and stuff. Yeah, um, there's some more ship maintenance areas mm-hmm. uh, where it feels like these very different, like people, different communities live all across the station, and you you only meet a couple of people from each part, mm-hmm. but it, they all have like a different design to or feel it feels like they're living in different areas it's really mm-hmm. interesting i think um 
also the sound design of each location helps a lot because like when you enter like a market uh, location you hear like noises of people trading and like I, I think if you enter like there's a casino area and like you hear like poker chips stacking i don't know maybe i'm imagining mm-hmm. this but no, no, I, definitely... no. I i mean i must have imagined it too if we imagine it. but yeah yeah <laughs> like it's definitely sure. very detailed and it like it brings a lot of character to like interactive fiction i think sound design is super like Im- important to give you an atmosphere i definitely remember when going to like uh, food places to buy food you hear like noises of it's cooking cool. and mm-hmm. frying yeah exactly so it's like very powerful mm-hmm. I think it's a really good way to get people to check out interactive fiction that maybe like an audience that normally wouldn't uh, just because that graphical and the audio hook to it is just like it's so well done it makes it really accessible and kind of yeah. in, in reels you in and makes you want to keep going so you can see hey what else is there um what else uh oh i i will just really briefly talk about the music while we're while we're doing the sound um it is mostly ambient stuff um but there are a couple character themes that i think are really good um in particular there's a track called the facsimile that plays for for one of the one of the plot lines uh that has to do with a, a character called neovend uh, which I, I don't know when we want to get into spoilers, but for me, Neovend is like the game. That is that is <laughs> my favorite part of this game is is the stuff around them. Um, so I, I did we want to? Is there anything else we want to talk about before spoilers? Um, I guess I would say like the in- development of the game is a little. Oh yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of interesting. For sure, for sure. Um, so. Previously, so I never played it, or I barely played it, but the previous game by this developer was In Other Waters. Um, did you, either of you, play this one before? Yeah, I've played it. Okay, I have I have not. And it's like, you can kind of see like the start, some starting point. Like, yeah. it's not doing the dice thing, but it's very, I guess, interactive. It has some placement, but, some, <laughs> but you place inventory items, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you, I, I briefly played it. I, I need to get back to it. It's really interesting. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I I know that it's currently getting a sequel in the form of Mothership module, which is so weird, but yeah. also really cool. <laughs> it makes all the sense <laughs> to me. At okay. Least. So can you explain this? Because okay, yeah, you explained this to me before. A little sidetrack. Really weird too. It's like um, in other. Waters, it's like a very eerie, atmospheric uh, game about exploring an alien world. And Mothership is a horror game uh, in, in a science fiction setting. So the idea is that, I think it's called Tidebreaker? I'm pretty sure. That sounds right. Um, yes, it's a zine that's um, sort of like collecting some creatures uh, from the game. And they're making more creatures just for the zine itself and sort of uh, laying out some basic uh, locations and, and on that planet. And basically in that RPG in Mothership, you can explore this world and like, yeah, basically be frightened by scary fish. That's the idea. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so you can see where like the tabletop RPG, like... 
that the developers. Yeah, the developers are very into RPGs. Like um, they've been. Uh, I just gossip a little bit, but uh, they've definitely like they're not just like passive sort of. Okay, we license you like the game rights and you do the RPG. They've been very like active in development. They're developing it with um, Lone Archivist. You should check them out if you're interested in yeah, sci-fi stuff. Yeah, did uh, What We Give to Alien Gods, which was a Mothership mm-hmm. module. And then their one before that, was it was it Primeval? Was that them? Primeval, yep. Yeah, both just like really slick. Um, like I remember seeing them, those modules, and being like, I can't believe that this is a uh, uh, an RPG adventure that I can buy. This <laughs> is the coolest looking thing I've ever seen. Ah, uh, it sounds awesome. Um. Yeah, so I guess like so the develop yeah, so after that I was the developer posted some at least a picture of what the game looked like in the early stages. So when it was pitched, it was almost more of a like a space station salvage game. Oh wow. It's really different. It's very different looking. Um it's it's I kinda like the art style. It's kind of so you, from the limited screenshots I saw, it's the space station. It almost has more of like a, I don't know if it, I would, I don't know. I yeah, it looks like it Mass Effect shaded. is almost what I would say. Or like, a, or like Headlander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely that uh, cell shaded feels right. Almost. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see how much it changed just over, I don't know, a year or two. Um, it's uh, the, it looks like the tabletop RPG, the dice, mechanic was always there though okay and the clocks i think from looking at the screenshots i'm saying yeah. at least um so it's i don't know it's kind of fun to see what stayed the same and what was different it's interesting because so much of the beginning of the game is in the ship like a ship breaking section essentially where you're it does yeah you're right yeah the, uh, like the what the first or second drive you get the second one i think is all about breaking up a ship. Yeah, and there's also, lots of fa- ship-related missions. Yeah, it's like it's a big part of the game. Also, I want to point like I failed <laughs> that. So that drive. So another interesting thing about this game is you can just fail certain drives or quests. Um, so that one, I didn't realize what I was doing, and I was just breaking up the ship. And uh, I. It's just like I basically failed it because I was focused on other things that were pushing a clock to completion before I could complete this drive. Um, and it's really interesting how much of the game you can just like it. You, you can, can fail dice rolls. Yeah, too, you can fail, you can, but you don't like it, doesn't like destroy your progress or anything. You just sort right. of don't complete the quest line. I thought that was really interesting too. Like, it doesn't really have soft locking mm-hmm. or any like that you can die i assume you can die in the game if you're just like neglecting your health i assume yeah. there's a fail state but um it's interesting how much of the game like lets you kind of explore and discover like stumble across storylines and not uh, fail but uh that, i thought that was a really interesting mechanic too um but yeah it seems like the game was generally really well liked. Like when it came out, it seems like it's gotten praise from every 
games outlet I saw. Yeah, I, I heard it from Waypoint first, um, and then just kind of every other outlet after that. I mean, uh, Giant Bomb talked about it for a while. Um, I, I guess those are the only two podcasts that I really listened to, um, but it, I was seeing it all over Twitter. I think it's been, I mean, it's been successful enough where they were able to, they're doing DLC for it that's supposed to start coming yeah. out. Yeah, so by the time of this, when this comes out, the DLC will be out. Okay. The first of three. Um, so when we're recording it, it's, it's going to come out a week, I think from now, uh, my understanding is that the DLC is part of, it's going to be integrated with the game. It's not like a standalone separate, like outside of it. So you have to do another playthrough and it's kind of meant for like gameplay, but I'm really curious what that's going to be like. I um, did. I imagine that maybe there's also going to be some balance changes in that uh, in in the DLC release. Oh, maybe I didn't see that, but which that no, would be I, interesting. Like, I wonder because I I had assumed that you know the thing that we've talked about for a while that or that we talked about was uh you know where it was hard early on and then kind of easy after that. I I had assumed that was intentional, but I mm-hmm. wonder. Yeah, like I, I wonder what those. Uh, if there are balance changes, what that will do to the game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, especially the developer said that it's meant for late game play, mm-hmm. which I don't know what that means. They also compared it to an actual play, which is interesting. Weird. Uh, I don't know what that means. I didn't see anything else about it, like what that means. So we, I guess we just kind of have to wait. Um, but I know that, so the first, it's a, three-part dlc the first part comes out this month july and then this few months later is part two and then i think part three is early next year yeah so what i'm what i'm I'm looking looking at the roadmap it says okay in june i guess there were balancing changes and bug fixes july episode one october episode two 2023 episode three okay that's interesting so i don't i don't that's Huh. So they must not have been so very significant if the, I mean, because when did everyone play this? Did we play it in May or in June? I played it in May. I I mean, I played it in June. Okay. Um, it was, I started it in May and then I played a little, went on vacation, forgot a lot of stuff. So I started over and then, so my real playthrough was during June, I guess. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting to me that it's broken up into parts. Like, I'm not going to complain about free DLC. Because Absolutely. That's awesome. yeah, but, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So you like, we we're going to start a storyline, I guess. And then you could just come back to it in a few months later. But it's part of the main game. Like, it's not like you, as far as I know, it's not a thing where you just click on like, Right. Well, maybe next year we come back and talk about the DLC. (laughs) Who knows? Um, I'm really curious what the actual play comparison means. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, I'm glad, like, it seems like it's doing well commercially then, or else the, I don't think they would bother with doing deep free DLC if that was the case. Um, I'm really curious to see if like any of these systems are picked up and used for another game in the future, because I think, or I'm hoping that it 
influences other people? Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I had always kind of struggled with understanding, hey, what's the best way to use clocks and uh, and how to how to do make success and full success uh, sort of things in in Blades games. Um, but this felt like it kind of cracked it open for me. I, again, you know, we talked about the art making it the art and the sounds making it accessible. I think having those mechanics in a video game uh, made made them more accessible just generally. So. I'd love to see it in more stuff. I'd love yeah, to play a fantasy absolutely. game with with this mechanic, like a like a. Uh, I I can just think of all the genres where I'd want. Hey, let me do dice and just walk around and talk to <laughs> cool people. Yeah, just let me drop dice in boxes and be Hang sad on. about <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if it's yeah. There's parts of it that are sad, but. Maybe melancholy is a better uh, entirely, word. Yeah. It, yeah. Which, uh, it's, it's a nice range of emotions. There's some really good storylines in here where it's, oh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. And I guess the spoilers, because I don't really want to spoil it, but. Yeah, 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 for um, sure. Anyway, but anyway, I guess what I'd say is, yeah, I hope that this game, uh, game like the mechanics are iterate even though it feels very solid like I, I feel like i'm kind of complaining a lot about this game but i i really loved it um it has such an interesting approach to interactive fiction all right well i guess before we jump over to the spoiler section i um so i think i know what the answer is but would you recommend this game uh absolutely yeah two thumbs up okay yes awesome um so I guess, uh, so if you haven't played this game before and it sounds good to you, please don't listen to the next part because uh, we're going to be spoiling a ton of stuff. Um, but I guess, Matt, before we take off, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, I'm, so I'm, I'm Matt Fennell. I'm on Twitter at uh, Mattster895. Uh, and that's uh, that's kind of where I hang out. I've been doing some occasional uh playstation one japanese role-playing game streams this summer uh so i'll probably do some more of those if anyone wants to kind of come hang out in the chat okay and M, what about you i'm on hypertextfish.org um you can find um what was it i made a missed world building game yes um it's just like it's very short uh but I think it's neat proof of concept type thing. You can check it out on the website. That's it from me. Awesome. And then you can follow the podcast at Advent GamePod. All right. Well, I'm going to jump over to the spoiler section. Uh, see you there. All right. So this is the spoiler section. We're just going to rip into every storyline and spoil it. Please stop listening if you haven't played this before. Spoiler, and, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I, so I mentioned it before. So there's, oh, there's so many storylines in here, but I think I played them all. There is one that I'm not sure about. So there's a like an information broker guy that like 
the first part of his quest, like his drive, you're bringing him information from both. So there's two groups. There's like or two crime families, I guess you would call it. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like this. Did anyone come, ac- did anyone come the... across this guy? Like you have to bring him like multiple things of data on both groups, and then it just kind of ended for me. Like I got a reward, but I didn't see him anywhere else other than my final storyline. So I, the way I beat the game or completed the game, since I only did the one playthrough, there's the, I forgot their names, but the dad and the child. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing a different one where you're like in that, uh, like you're doing repairs for this repair group. And it gets to a point where it starts talking about leaving the space station. But then I came across the dad and the little girl. And because I am a big softy for that stuff as a parent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm jumping over to this one. And then that's what I did. And like, I left the space station with them and it made me a big emotional baby. But I didn't, so I didn't see it. So he came up in that, but the... Uh, I got off on a tangent, but yeah, he got, so I ran into him again there and he recognized me. And I love that characters recognize you. Like if you've done part of their quest before, they'll acknowledge that mm-hmm. you've seen them before. But does he come up again? Is that, is that Fang? Um, the, the kind of, the, uh, the guy with the, the high top haircut, or is it a, um, there was a different guy who had like mirror shades almost that he was in kind of like I think the it's gambling. the mirror shades guy. Uh, but like, let me see. I'm actually pulling it up right now, like a list of all the characters. So, yeah, there really are a lot. Yeah, of I don't see mirror this, shades but, in this. Uh, I'm on. Uh, I'm on a character list from a site called The Gamer. Uh, yes, that's what that's what I'm looking okay, at right now. Yeah. So he must have been like a really minor character, because there's there's not really that many minor. I'm also surprised that he's not on this. I think he becomes part of the him, doctor's but it's just for like a one-off thing. What's that? I'm sorry. I think he becomes part of the doctor's storyline, um, which that that is one that I did not finish because um, it seems like she gets tangled up in gang activity, and I think maybe that's where that NPC comes back. Man, none of these people are coming. Yeah. I don't know. I can't pull. Do you know who I'm talking about? I do. Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I definitely talked to, I talked to them and I gave them data. Um, but that was, that was again the, 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 so the ones that I didn't finish. I didn't finish the shipbuilding one, like leaving on the ship. I didn't finish any of the stuff in the center of the space station because I think you can go up okay. to like the, like the hub up there. And then I didn't finish that gang yep. activity one. Okay. So I did the gang one because I that one ended up being really interesting to me. So. Um, did you do this one where like yep i did all of them but, oh, okay okay um, oh that's all right so oh lem and mina are the, the the dad and the girl yeah uh i guess the gamer ranked them number one i would i guess i would agree but um <laughs> so gamers love dads uh, if we know one thing gamers are they on this oh they're not i don't see them on this list either but like there's a whole storyline where you walk into and or like an apartment and like there's a remote computer person operating remotely telling you to bring them some stuff you do this quest and it's part of the this gang um and then someone from the gang comes by and says that they've been lying to you because they 
worked for the company that's been working with these sleepers. Um, and what you ultimately find out is that the person worked remotely reveals themselves. They are helping you, but it, it turns out like the gang leader is actually like being operated by this company. Like they, like they died a long time ago and their body's been taken over by like these, all these mechanical parts and basically being remote operated, being operated. And it's wild. It goes, it gets into some really wild places. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And the, the two of them work together with you to just, take them down and like they kind of take over the gang together and work on focus. Like they want to keep helping their community. It's really, it went into, yeah, it went in some really weird places that I didn't expect. And it's really nice. It's like, I thought it was one of the better just drives in the game. Um, I don't know if anyone else had a favorite one. Uh, M, did you have a favorite? I'm thinking about right now, but, um, Kind of tricky to pinpoint. I really like the Greenway yeah. one, um, yeah. where you, where you just sort of remember. I think you just like have to grow some mushrooms <laughs> and like uh, give them. But it's just like I don't know. It just uh, felt kind of nice. It's just like you're a farmer essentially now <laughs> for this drive. But yeah. yeah, yeah. For the longest time, I wanted to like stay on the station because I was like I, I felt like I had built this life for myself mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like oh I, I'm a little farmer and I just a little guy doing my farming and uh, you know making tons of money and whatever Living and in then the commune. I kind of met yeah I mean yeah so it kind of makes it's just if it wasn't because of I ran into the the, the family I was like oh. but um there's, um, I think there's only one quest line that ends with you staying. I thought you could, well, wait, I thought like each of them let you stay. So it's like each of them let you stay, but I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure how the logic of the game works exactly. So I thought, so my understanding is that there's mm-hmm. three drives or storylines where they end the game and each of yes. them have two branches, I think think and so you i'm just not sure like what happens if you like choose stay on all of them (laughs) oh i don't know yeah i don't know i didn't stay so i don't know what happens like if you get to keep playing or anything i i I stayed in one of them and i'm not sure if that's like the only branch where like staying ends the game or if it's like or if that's just the last branch that lets you stay that's why the game let me stay it's like i'm not 100 sure so did either of you so it sounds Uh, like you did the Neovand one? I didn't touch that one at all. Okay, but you did uh, do the did mushrooms? Yep. See, this is interesting because to me, those two were tied together really tight. The mushrooms and yeah, no- yeah, yeah. Neovans? It was because, yeah. No. No, it, so the stuff in Neovand ended with, um, there's like the, there's a, so Neovand's whole thing is they're a sentient artificial intelligence that uh, cropped up at some point in the station's past. And the, uh, they're, they're, there's all these laws in universe laws about artificial intelligence. And uh, there were some protocols that the company ran to kind of hunt these things down and, and wipe them out. Uh, so Neovend has been hiding in a 3D printer in the station 
that's not connected to the network so that the hunter can't get it. Um, and at the start of the game, when you go into the hacking layer, the hunter starts following you because you're not technically an artificial intelligence because just of like the in-fiction stuff about sleepers is you're a copy of someone's brain, but it reads you as an artificial intelligence in the same way. So you team up with Neovend to help um, wipe out the wipe out the hunter. Um, and then there's a second protocol that goes along with it that when you deactivate that thing, um, Neovend goes on to it's it's it does the thing at the end of Neuromancer. Um, if, if either of you have read that book where it's like the intelligence goes out onto the network and just becomes its own thing and it leaves you with a um, well, it left me with a seed um, or what I was essentially able to treat as a seed in the mushroom quest. And I, I use that object to. Uh, interact with the the. There's a second artificial. Well, it, it would be an organic intelligence. The uh, the hive mind of the mushrooms. And so I took what I had from Neovend and used it there. Unless I am just completely misremembering. But for me, that that was the sequence of events for that quest. Okay, it's it's a, it's a different oh, quest. No, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not the. There's like a. There's like a, just the. Like casual greenway mushroom quest, but this is like the next level mushroom okay. quest. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom spirit mushroom. quest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to say. Oh, yeah. Like the, the way I stayed was in the top level of the station in the hub. There's a character who wants to make a business by repairing ships. Mm-hmm. And you can either leave uh, with with another ship. Um, or stay and like help, I guess, help the business and like do the business. Um, and yeah, I chose to stay, and that's how like the game ends, sort of. Okay, which was so it's just done when you choose to stay, it's not like it keeps going. Yes, okay. exactly. Yep, that's the one that I, um, I got like halfway through it and then I got distracted, but hmm. I was okay. So, which ones so you played through it twice, right? Yeah. Which ones did you do? So you did that one. Was there in the first one? In the first one, I did the colony ship. Okay. Uh, okay. Where you leave with Lemon Mina? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Was the other one so? So that I almost feel like that and the Neoven one are more interesting. But was the repair one good too? Or the repair? The repair thing was. Uh, like it had a little twist to it in the end. Basically, like you just repair ships as normal, but then, um, but then you have to like repair a mercenary ship. Okay. And oh. the mercenary is a character you've met before in the ship maintenance yeah. section. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, basically, they have like some trouble with their like crew, and you have to like talk to another crew member. So it's like. It becomes interesting okay. <laughs> over time, uh, but yeah, it's just like very, like it's very time sensitive. So I did it the very last because I wanted to have as many bonuses as possible to complete it efficiently. Because uh, it's like it only gives you like maybe two days to complete it, and like lots of lots of rolls are needed to do it. So like. I imagine it's it's for the very late game, um, but yeah. 
Did um did okay. either did either of you do the stuff with Fang and the like the labor union? I'm trying to remember, was that? There's like the old corporate mole oh, that's hiding yes. in the yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that was a good one too. Yeah. Um. Well, isn't don't you kind of? I guess you don't have to do that one. I always associate it with like you do have to do it because that's what I use to get rid of my tracker. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything really. You don't, but like, so I assume you lose. There no, there's no quest you have to do. Right. Really. Right. No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think how I got rid of my tracker. You have, don't you? I don't you have to do you, the you don't, the timer one. You don't have to even get rid of the tracker. But what happened? I assume that you just lose if the timer runs out i think i killed the no it's like yeah no. I, wait what happened in the end well, I you can, you can the kill, bounty you because you can kill the bounty hunter but there's the hunter uh-huh. right and uh like you can befriend him yeah uh, the, by the hunter, I mean not the program, but the blonde the, guy, like the, there's the a Deckard, uh, hired gun, yeah, Ford Blade Runner. He just hangs out in a bar, yep. and you have to cover his task. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you, you like you, so you don't have to get rid of the tracker. It's just like you just keep it, but like there's no one, like there's no Blade Runner after you now. Isn't there? No, <laughs> like, but isn't the there idea. something that's coming? And it's like you have a yeah, yeah. There's like a, t- a clock that's counting down. He's like. Ah, uh, yeah, but you can. That's what I'm saying. You can befriend the Blade yeah, Runner. Yeah, the Blade Runner helps you. And get, uh, and yes, and he like defends you essentially. Mm-hmm. But he's I, your bodyguard now. But I assume that like if you don't do any of those, you just lose or something when that clock. I feel like you'd have to. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess, but I've never. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, then, yeah, then, because check. they give you a lot of time. Because it's like technically timed. It gives you so much time. Yeah, it's that's like, a long clock. You would, yeah, I, I imagine you complete some quest to like bypass it. You would have to like yeah. try to, I guess, not. Yeah, do exactly. It. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, the, so that one was cool. Running the bar was fun. Yeah, like it, what it wasn't like the deepest storyline from what I remember, but it was just. A lot of fun. I just like, well, I'm just working at this bar every night now. The the hardest one for me was getting um I don't remember what it was, but you have to get like special mushrooms for a mm-hmm. vendor. And that was the hardest one for me because growing mushrooms is full RNG. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like, uh when I when I mentioned uh, in the like non spoiler part, sleeping in a bed and just dumping my mushrooms. dice into things, it was growing mushrooms uh, <laughs> is what I was doing. Yep. Yeah, I, I spent like yeah, like maybe several weeks in the game, <laughs> just growing those. Movies. Yeah, and I guess there's no way that that um, conclusion to that storyline can like feel good. Good after that, you know how much you have to put into it. But like, yeah, I still true. thought that that quest line was was kind of neat because it's just like you're telling each other stories, like it's war stories as he yeah. makes you uh, fried mushrooms. Yeah, I I think I did those like as I was playing all the other quests. That and, feels like, like the when way I stumbled to do it. across like what I needed, I would give them to this person. But it's a fun, it's a fun little storyline. Like it's not as the stakes aren't high in it, but yeah. It's so funny like seeing like I'm just reading through all the characters now and just remembering all the storylines. It's like of course all the tabletop RPG people like totally lost like got like geeked out over this game. Oh yeah. Because it feels like it feels like a lot of some of these feel like I I'm sure that the designer li- listened to this 
friends at the table. Oh, yeah. It's just like it this is the person like that I've made up that we've decided this is our favorite person and we're always going to go back to them. Yeah, it's it's the thing that happens when you <laughs> play an ongoing role-playing game. Yeah. Oh, so good. But And then I like that I think the game mentions, like, you'll get hints of other sleepers, but I don't think you ever, like, I don't think you ever meet one. I don't, I, I didn't. Em, did you? No. So you never meet what you... I think the idea is that you're the only sleeper who survived well, like traveling to the station. Right? Yeah. No, because so there's a storyline where with the mercenary, you kind of help them kill a sleeper by... Like, oh. I don't remember if you know, know it, but like... At the time, like when you're helping them, but, but like basically like someone ran off and you're like helping the mercenary track them down and it turns out it's two people. It's like one person and a sleeper that's like barely functioning and they were helping the sleeper stay alive. Oh, geez. And so that, so this is the mercenary that you run into where like, you know, the, yeah, that you're fixing their ship. Yeah. Fixing their so ship, yeah. I did part of the storyline and so there's like definitely some awkwardness when you run into them like the the game acknowledges that you met this person before and the 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 storyline doesn't end on like a super happy note um even like the best case scenario so it's because yeah it's i it's really interesting but like that's the closest i came to seeing another sleeper um I also think it's yeah, it's interesting. You can just kind of like explore and but not come across all these different storylines. Yeah, I didn't do the neo vent. I mean, I had I uh, I had mentioned like, oh, it feels so big. But by the time I finished it, I thought, well, maybe it was just an illusion. But us us talking through the spoilers now, I I do feel like this game is huge. And I mean, because it seems like we all had, and part of it is probably just me misremembering bits and pieces. But like, it seems like we all had pretty different experiences with it. In the specifics. It's a little of both, yeah. I think, because yeah. I felt like by like when I started the game, the systems felt really deep, and like I the more I played it, I mean it's a very good system, and but like once I once I felt like I kind of figured it out, it was just kind of another set of actions. It wasn't like this whole like you kind of have an idea of how it works by the end. Mm-hmm. I think they're also like, like the uh, upgrades, like the late game upgrades just break the game completely for me. <laughs> like, that's how I just like, yeah, destroy the economy because there's, um, there are abilities that are just like you exchange scrap for stability and like you never need to buy stabilizers ever again because you just like get scrap and like stabilize yourself oh, okay. with that. But every day I, but i didn't even do that mm-hmm. one and i felt like i had enough money to buy stabilizers did either of you uh, grow the mushroom stabilizer that's what i ended up doing yeah that's true yeah yeah you could too. do that too yeah yeah so there's that there's also there's also like re-rolling and you just re-roll mm-hmm. i got that one and that felt like cheating yeah <laughs> It, yeah, it does. <laughs> Any game where um, I can fill out the I, whole I, skill I, tree, like I love filling out a skill tree, but it always does just feel a little bit like, oh, I shouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> it's like I, I wrote 
like on the server, I even wrote like a little guide for like destroying the economy, <laughs> like what you need to buy, <laughs> like what you need to get to like just never think about money ever again. And like, yeah, like lots of these upgrades are like, yeah, they're nice, but it's like, like, I feel like it's a bit, like it's, it clashes a little bit. I've, I've talked about it in the start of the podcast already, but it's like, it feels like it clashes with the theme of like being like, um, of like being a, uh, dying Android and like not having anything and struggling. It, it like clashes with that a little bit when you have like just superpowers now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, I'm so curious to like, that with the DLC, because I'm, think- I'm also very curious if it fixes like late game, like you have actually to do something and to use your powers. For yeah, something. I don't know what that means because they said it's for late game, and so it's like, well, what's I don't like because I felt like I kind of hit the limit of my power. I mean, I could always get more points, I guess. Into I had nine 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 of everything. It okay. maxes out at nine nine nine. Oh <laughs> man, okay, but because like. I don't know what you could do to really... I think if you made it harder for late game, it would just get kind of annoying. But like... Yeah, yeah I don't know. but that's what I'm interested in. Like, are they going to introduce like harder challenges that like require you to use more resources to complete them? That seems like them, the only way you can make like challenges that. harder, right? Would be like higher resource gates. Higher resources, like yeah. But it's like, that's not like that. very interesting. No, yeah. But I do wonder... Well, they even said, I wish I had the Twitter thread on me, but they were talking about, they're kind of explaining what the DLC is going to be like. And that includes the actual play elements. And they're talking about like, is this going to work? I don't know. So I don't. We got, we got to do like a, a quick, like experiment. five minute follow up uh, to tack onto the end of this. <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps it up for everything. Um, yeah. So I thank you for joining us. And uh, we're doing, currently we're doing the, some interactive fiction and adventure games from the queer games bundle that happened a couple of months ago. And so we hope we can join us. We'll have a link to the discord in the show notes. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.